Jesus, every freaking NB kid's making a cameo tonight. Oh, shit. That's okay. What are you doing? I'm the coolest kid here. Heck yeah, you are. He said, yeah, you are. Thank you. <laughs> After four years of being removed from the public eye, Chris Envy, the fearless leader of Dynasty Wrestling, is once again making his return to the professional wrestling world. This is the Envy Me Podcast. This is the Envy Me Podcast. Taking you through the rise, fall, and rise again of one of the Northeast's most respected pros. From in the ring to out of the ring. Brace yourself to hear some of the most insane stories ever told. And you'll get them. Right from the source. Real. Real. Raw. Raw. Unfiltered. This is Envy Me, a Dynasty podcast. Co-hosted by Travis Manning. Now, here he is. This is Chris Envy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Envy Me, a Dynasty podcast. I'm Travis Manning alongside the Chris Envy. Show it. Buenos dias. What's going on, Chris? What's up, buddy? How are you? I am hanging in there. How are you on your... uh with your preparation to head out the country. I'm not even close to being ready. Don't tell Ash. Uh-oh. What, what time are you later. leaving? Uh, three in the morning. We go to get on 3.30-ish. We go so to the airport. You're leaving in about flight. 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we got to go watch a play. Oh. What? what? Yeah. I even like stay home and do nothing kind of night. We, I got a, we got a lot to do. You know, I don't take you for being uh, completely unprepared. I for got everything. <laughs> I got ideas of what I want to wear. Yeah, I got ideas. Yeah, that let's counts. Fucking, let's wing it. It's got me this far. Yeah, yeah, true that. All right, so <laughs> let's let's dive right into it. We're kind of um, on a time crunch here because, like I said, Chris is preparing to head to Mexico. So True. we're going to jump right into uh, into this week's topic. We're going to be talking about the real Chris Envy oh, before, shit. before the wrestling days. No and such we, thing. And we, we can lead up until uh, or up into the uh, that match you sent me, your debut match. <laughs> we'll we'll kind of cover yeah, it. It, it was, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> So let, let's just dive right into it. Where where originally are you from? Uh, I grew up in Ravenna, New York, about 20 minutes south of Albany. That's like over by my, my neck of the woods. Yeah, it's pretty close. Same side of the river. The, um, the I'm not going to say it. That's not allowed anymore. The nickname for the school was less than pleasurable. Yeah, we should, we're we're on a podcast network now. We were developmentally disabled children's school. Oh, uh, that Show makes me. makes sense. Show me. Vince McMahon does not know how to book black people. Wow, why wow, that was? Wow, you're so, you're not know. you're not wrong. All right, that's, that's for the sure. topic for a different day. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll save that one. <laughs> wow. So There's now, a take there by my Maverick, eighteen years old, thinks he knows how the world's run. Hey, you know all he right. starts watching WWE and is uh, you know, ready to just let it all out. 
<laughs> so now, so you're from Ravina. That's a small town, upstate New Very, York. Yeah, Hillbilly Central. Um, when when did your love of wrestling like really start to kick in? So everybody has up, that that peak fandom where you know or, you know that moment when they like. Give me that moment uh, when you found wrestling. So I, my mom worked at a prison. She was an officer at a prison in Kuksaki. And I would stay with my grandmother during the day and I would get to flip through the channels. And occasionally that would be on a Saturday. So on a Saturday, I'm flipping through channels, which I mean, I'm so old. It wasn't on a remote. I went up and changed the channel. And uh, I found wrestling on a Saturday morning. I don't know what it was, WWF Superstars or something, where it was like the superstar beat the crap out of a jobber who didn't even get an entrance. Like, uh, you know, maybe Brooklyn Brawler was there. But it was just to showcase the big big stars and make them larger than life. And they were. So I liked it. Grandma didn't let me watch it. But then Hulk Hogan had a Saturday morning cartoon that I got to watch. So then Uh, I was like, ah. Yeah, I found yeah, but the Piper was in it. But I found the I found the workaround. And then uh the the theme song said son of a gun in it. So she didn't let me watch that anymore. So grandma so then, was real strict. She was. She was. Um then I went to a friend's house and they had the rubber figures. And I was like, what are these? These are dolls. Oh, LJNs. Nope. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. buddy. The dog and toys like, is what they called them. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say they were all chewed up and missing paint. I didn't know who any of the people were. That's not what they look like on the cartoon. Um, and then somehow I don't know where I I think I rented a a VHS tape of WrestleMania three. And I was like, yo, the big name guys are fighting the big name guys. I had no idea that ever happened. Do you I don't want to say miss because who really misses that? But do you think that um, because that happened for a long time where, you know, everything yeah. led to the pay-per-view, you wouldn't right. get any of those big matches on any of the weekly shows. It would yeah. all be just showcasing these guys, make them larger than life right. and then lead to that big pay-per-view. Yep. I mean, now there, there really isn't any pay-per-views anymore. Agreed. Do you, do you feel like that, like those big buildups and being able to, you know, make those guys larger than life and lead I- to like, you know, that big I definitely miss it. I, I definitely miss it. I feel like that's part of the long-term booking that nobody knows how to do because you have to have this person on TV every week because that's how they make their money now with the new contracts and, and you want to sell their merch and they can't sell their merch if they don't wear their own shirt to the ring. So they have to be seen, but you have 150 guys on the roster. How do you have them all fight jobbers right. or local talent? Well, I mean, I mean AEW even... has a separate show to do that. I was going to say, not not even to shit on AEW, but like, you know, this past week they had the dream match scenario where they right. essentially put a whole storyline, you know, the, a guy that's in a storyline, they put that to the side for a minute just to have this right. big spot fest match. Yep. And, you know, and you see that so often where it's all about that that dream match and you don't so much get the story that comes with it. Right. There the was build. no story. There was nothing to that There's match no build, except yeah. for, you know, uh, hey, this match is happening this week. Yeah. Yeah. But, Let's so see I do how feel flippy like I can be. Yeah. It is, you know, crazy. Everything evolves, but um, hopefully. But, 
it all comes know. full circle. In the... I feel like you don't have a choice now. Everything has to be that dream match or the superstar against this superstar. Yeah. You put a local guy out there, you know he's getting his ass kicked. And if he's not an actual local guy, the, only the local fans are going to care. If you're watching a Raw, you're not sticking around for that show, for that match. Right. You know, you're you're changing the channel. You're doing something else, and it's just background noise. Yeah. That's what it is for me half the time. I mean, there's there's really – I mean, there are no jobbers anymore. You know, like you right. said, Brooklyn Brawler. Um, you know, there, there was a handful of guys that you saw all the time and their job was yep. to get their ass kicked. But <laughs> right. I mean, you know, look at the Brooklyn brawler. Dude, hall of like, Famer. Rarely ever won and he had a hall of fame career. Yep. True. You know? Yep. And that's another thing. I feel like everybody Johnny has Rods. to, uh, everyone has to get their shit in. Everyone has to, you know, they, they gotta win. They gotta be the, you know, get all their, it, it's whatever. Yep. <laughs> I can go yep. off on a tangent on that. <laughs> all right. So. Now that we uh, sidebarred, let's get back to what we're talking about. So you found it on a Saturday morning at grandma's house. Um, What, what was it that really, you know, captured your attention and like, honestly, I think it was like a combination of everything. They were like comic book superheroes and I love comics. Um, they, They were comic book guys who were really fighting each other. Like a comic's not real. They're just drawings. But these comic book characters were real. The bright colors, the the painted face, the music when they walked out. Like it set a whole mood. It was so different than anything else that I was watching. You know, like Knight Rider, Dukes of Hazard, you know, uh, regular shows of the time, A-Team. And then that came on and you're like, what? What is this? This is real life. These are These guys are huge. They're giants. Yeah. And the crowd going crazy for him, like that's how you knew who you liked and who you didn't like. The crowd, the signs, the, right. the reaction and, on people's faces. You know, it was a simpler time when kayfabe was for still sure. a thing, and you know, and you could suspend the disbelief. And and actually, right. I mean, for a while, who knew what what was real and what wasn't? Yeah. It's like you know, yep. I didn't that, know until way at so. I don't know where we're skipping to, but I I followed wrestling for a while, so I was like. 15 16 before the attitude era really kicked off and i got away from it because i was more into myself playing sports and showing off and attracting girls and none of my friends watched wrestling so i was kind of like almost embarrassed to admit that i liked it because it wasn't one of those it wasn't michael jordan you know what i mean it wasn't the 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 triplet dallas cowboys it wasn't cool to watch it right so then when i graduated i joined the military and I went to Colorado, well, Oklahoma, and then Colorado. And everybody seemed to disappear on Mondays. I was like, where the hell is everybody? It's so like, it's rec time. Let's go, go back to what you just mentioned quick, because I, I really want to um, kind of weave everything in. So you joined the military. I did. In, in between, you know, first watching wrestling and joining the military, it wasn't cool to the friends. Right and stuff, but oh, it was were so you, cool were you still it, right. I so wanted I wanted to look like those and... guys. I mean, I was like hundred pounds soaking wet, not a ounce of muscle on me, but I was skinny. Um, but I wanted to be those guys. I wanted to 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 fight and to have the crowd cheer for me. I wanted to be a good guy. Um, like it it was awesome. That I loved the Rockers, and when the Rockers broke up, it broke my heart. When uh. Undertaker put Ultimate Warrior in the casket and locked it. I thought he was really going to die. 
like there's, you, they kept saying it's airtight you know you see it moving and then it stops moving they open yeah. it up and there's claw marks on the inside i was like oh my god like i was <laughs> i was emotional over it yeah. i don't think i was crying but it was so you, real let's let's just pretend like you were hysterical yeah i was yeah balling, <laughs> balling like a little <laughs> much better picture <laughs> yeah thanks thanks good to see what you're into uh but it was so real you know like uh jake the snake with the the cobra biting macho man like yeah you don't see anything like that anymore i mean not to the point i feel like with a lot of that though um i forgot who i was listening to but they were talking about how um you know the way commentary used to be they they're the ones that are really selling that absolutely you know and making you feel like holy shit this is real I won't go to a house show. Like right. I, I'm sorry, I'm a huge fan. I I know a it's lot of to, our, our. It's hard to watch match, 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 match. Yeah, yeah. Without the the commentary for me makes the show. Yeah. I had to make sure Dynasty has commentary on every single show because it's hard to watch when it's just hundred oh, percent move leg slap. You hear the ring bumping around. Maybe the crowd's into it, and that'll help you a little bit. But without the story being told behind it, it's just not that good. Yeah, Ryan and I were talking about, you know, um, like Jim Ross, like how he used to, uh, oh, yeah. you know, with his one-liners and all that, which he doesn't do anymore. You know, it's, right. it's n- right. none of that. It's very bland and just fucking. Yep. I feel like he know. mails it in. A lot oh, of yeah. guys over there, yeah. I feel like they mail it in. A hundred percent. But like Gorilla and, Monsoon and, and Bobby Heenan, like even Vince. Bobby. Right. I feel like right. Vince yeah, is Vince. so underrated as a commentator. He was great. Yep. You know, he made yep. you believe he he showed, you know, enthusiasm and acted like yeah. he actually was like cared about the product. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. So when did, did you think at that time that it would ever be a possibility for you? Fuck no. I'm five foot seven, a hundred pounds. No way am I doing what these six foot 10, 300 pound guys are yeah, doing. It was land of the giants then. I, I'd end up getting my neck broken. Oh, foreshadowing. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. So, yeah. so at no, that, at never. that point, not a possibility. So then no way. you, you joined the military. What led to that? Uh, lack of options. Um, in Ravina, there's not many jobs. McDonald's closed up. Um, the video store, select video, brick oven, all these places that were there closed uh, I didn't really drive much. I didn't have friends that had jobs. They all worked for somebody else, like their dads or whatever. So wasn't going to college because I barely graduated because I didn't do my homework ever. Did great on tests. You test me on anything and I'll ace it. Anything. I don't, Give me five minutes to study and I'll ace it. But it was like 50% of my grade was based on homework. And I didn't do homework because I didn't need to practice. Shit's yeah. easy. I spent half my time on tests drawing pictures on top. Like designing sneakers and stupid shit. <laughs> designing um, your future tights. Yes, yes. <laughs> I definitely designed some t-shirts for sure. Um, so I didn't want to go. I mean, I wanted to go to college, but I couldn't afford it. My parents made good money, but I didn't want to ask them for it because I wasn't a very good student. I hadn't really earned their trust when it came to education. And the military was telling me, well, you scored 96 on your ASVAB, so you're entitled to a bonus and you can go to Colorado. All right. 
I mean, everything sounds pretty good. Three years. The girl I was dating was three years younger than me. So I'll get out the same time she graduates and we can start our life together. It sounds Until like five a days plan. before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sounds good on paper. What happened five days before? Five days before my graduation, I got a Dear John letter. Oh. Yep. Didn't She didn't want to be alone anymore. It was like three and a half months, four months. Damn. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it is what it is. I graduated say, it worked, and I it came home. For you. <laughs> oh, for sure. I've upgraded considerably. Yeah. I'm, I hope everything's going well for her now, but. Yeah. You know, way to, way to break my man's heart. You're lost, Daniel. Yeah. Fuck you, Daniel. All right. Um, <laughs> so you're you're in the military. I am. I'm in the army. You're in the army. How long were you in the army for? Two out of three years. So you didn't finish the... <laughs> I did not. I did not. I, uh, I was not a very good soldier. I was very anti-authority. The guys who were in charge of me were not this is going to sound super arrogant i was better at my job than my supervisors were um i have a real good depth perception and my job was a forward observer 13 fox you basically go on top of the mountain watch the tanks shoot their rounds at a target and then you tell them how to adjust their fire to hit the target because they can't see their target Mm -hmm. so it's easy for me to do that i didn't need binoculars once i knew how far something was like, I mean, I need them initially, like, oh, that's 400 yards. Once I know that's 400, I know what left right is by by 10 meters. So it wasn't hard. These guys are looking at everything, measuring stuff out. I'm like, come on. They would yell at me for not getting a haircut. I couldn't grow facial hair, as you know, still can't. Still can't yeah. and they would yell at me for having a, the littlest bit of scruff on my upper lip. Like, bro, I'm allowed to have a fucking mustache. Like, shut up. They just kept picking at me, and I don't like... I don't like being told what to do. You can suggest something or ask me to do it and I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it a hundred, hundred times out of a hundred. But if you Ladies tell and me gentlemen, to do something. He is still this way. Sure. I haven't even known him that long and I can tell you. So fucking true. <laughs> it's all how you say it, man. It's all your approach. I'll do whatever you ask me to do if you're respectful. But if you're like, Hey, go do that new guy. Uh, go fuck yourself sideways. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I was like, Hey, we're going to record a damn podcast. Didn't hear from him again that night. <laughs> Neither did the other guy, if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> um, yeah. No, see, I wanted to do that, but I don't always know what we have planned. I'm sure she tells me, but I don't remember. So we had to go out and get stuff and we had to return stuff. And we tried to get a base tan before we go to Mexico. So we don't burn. Although I think I burned. Um, so I mean, we, we had a lot more burnt, going on. This week. I can only see your face. Uh, everything feels good except for the back of my head. And that's probably because too much information you might want to fast forward the next 30 seconds. I wanted to make sure that my, my, uh, my gooch was tan. Didn't want to have those white spots under mm. my butt like Triple H used to have. So yeah. I went to a stand up bed and I was grabbing my ankles to get all up in there. And my head was really close to the bulbs. So I think the back mm. of my head is pretty burnt. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when you have no hair, that's yeah, right, straight you, to the you, flesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, again, TMI, but why are you trying to tan that area 
You planning on oh, what? You gonna be rocking speedos? speedos? Oh, oh okay. yeah, I bought one. I definitely bought one. It's packed right now. Uh, was, it, it says delicious. Wait, so of all things you packed, it's just a speedo. Yeah, because if I leave it out, <laughs> she will, she'll hide it and won't let me dare bring it. I don't blame her. <laughs> if you saw me in it, you would know why. I mean, she saw you in speedo-like trunks for long yeah. time. Yeah, she came in at the end of my game. She was never there for the the real run. But she's been haunted with but... videos and pictures. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, she hates it. <laughs> I All do right, have let... pictures of her wearing my trunks and <laughs> holding up my, my U.S. championship. So there's proof she at one time supported it. Well, what, bud? <laughs> go. Yes. So let's yeah, get... Um... You yeah. can leave your room to go yeah. to the bathroom. And then go right back. <laughs> so you're in the Army, and that is where... The right. I don't. I don't want to say so, the love, but is that is that where the wrestling bug kicked in? So okay, it kind of transitions into me getting out of the military. In you're allowed to do kind of whatever you want when you're in basic after a certain time. So after like four or five o'clock, everybody would go to the rec hall and they play pool or they go out and play basketball or whatever. You're sitting around watching one of the big screen TVs. So I went Monday. And I couldn't find anybody. And I was like, oh, well, maybe everybody, it's kind of crappy weather. Maybe they're doing something. I kind of didn't really think anything of it. Um, I went, wrote some letters home. Um, the next Monday, same thing happens. I'm like, well, there's no way everybody, it's sun's out. Everybody should be out here hanging out. Where is everybody? So I'm looking everywhere. And finally, I go to the TV. And I never went to the TV room because I probably don't want to watch what everybody else wants to watch. If it's not you know, football or basketball, I'm probably not interested in it. And I walk in and there's probably a hundred people in a 20 by 20 room all watching this one 55 inch tube TV. You know, the big ones that take up half your living room. Yeah. You're showing these people. It, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I said VH, I rented a VHS tape. Um, people were sitting on other people on top of couches. There's you can't play pool. They're all sitting on it. Like I've never seen a room that full. Did you, and did you find watching, a nice lap to sit on? No, I stood at the doorway <laughs> trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Cause all I heard was, Oh shit. Got them. Like what the hell are they watching? Then thinking maybe it's boxing. All right. I like Mike Tyson, but that's about it. And I finally get to where I can see the TV and it's WCW. Wait a minute. WCW, that dark ass show with old ass Ric Flair and and Surfer Sting. No, this was a totally different WCW. What year Goldberg was this? Was like uh, ninety seven. Okay, so, so and then yeah, either ninety seven or early ninety eight. That was like peak WCW. Right. right, Goldberg was like eight and zero at the time, and I never, I didn't know who he was. Lex was still Lex; he was huge. Um, you know, the Steiners were there. Sting was there. Uh, but he wasn't the sting that I remembered. He yeah. wasn't wearing the bright neon pink and the, you know, he, he was dark. <laughs> like what the fuck? So I watched for a little bit and I was like, yo, this is pretty good. It was still a little darker than, than WWE, but, but the stories felt real. They weren't like, you know, one man gang and big boss man and, and Duke, the dumpster Drossy, like these stupid characters, not that boss man was stupid, but these stupid cartoony characters, these were, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, and they were fucking each other up. Yeah. It was so much different. It felt more real. I I fell in love, like not not right away, but once I realized who these guys were and who their characters were, 
the way these people reacted, man, it was like, I'm with my people. You're also stupid. Now, did and that I, become... I just, uh... It felt like home. So did that like become a thing then with, with the guys, you know, or like a recurring thing every Monday uh, you guys are at the television. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a race to get there to see who could get the, you know, you want a good seat where you can see it, but if you're close to the TV, you're far away from the vending machine. So you kind of got to pick and choose. If you're getting up, you're not getting back to the TV. Yeah. So now where did, um, where did the idea of you trying it out? Was that once you saw these smaller guys and realized, Whoa, no, no, I still saw them, and all the small guys I assumed were Lucha Libre were Mexican guys. I don't speak Mexican. I can't go to Mexico. I can't speak Mexican, Spanish. Um, there's no way I can do this. These guys have probably trained for years, go to these big expensive schools to do it. I, I'm not doing that. I can't. I know my limits. I'm a realist. Um, so, I, you know, still a dream. I'd love to do it. I didn't know anybody that did it. I didn't know there was independent wrestling. I didn't know about schools. You went to WWF or WCW. They trained you to do it because you're already big. You get paid millions of dollars and you go on TV when you get good. And those guys who are learning are the jobbers who probably already work for WWF in my eyes. You're just not good yet. You're, you're not, you haven't worked out enough. You don't have music. So yeah. these so you, things matter. You get out the army, you go to WWF, you train, right. now you're a millionaire. Right. That's and how it happens. what you do after that? So none of that happened. <laughs> I did get out of the military. Um, my staff sergeant, Aliatoa Sia, who went to Germany right, right after I got out. So he was helping me because he had nothing to lose. Um, he told me, I, I just wanted to get out anyway. So I got out and uh, stayed with my girlfriend and it was like two in the morning. Didn't have a job. Didn't really care. We, I had money, didn't have a job. So I'm watching, I think it's 2001 on TNN, TNT, TNN. I think I see ECW and it's towards the end of the show. And it's the one where uh, Paul Heyman's like, Hey, hey, network, I dare you to throw me off the air. And I'm like, what is this? Mm -hmm. What time did this come on? One o'clock, two o'clock. There's wrestling on that's not WCW. And I had heard about W or ECW, but I never saw it. I never caught it. This was the first glimpse I got. It was in syndication. But it was cool, but I was like, yo, they're hitting each other. During one of their commercials, there was a commercial for a local spot, probably five minutes away in Littleton, um, Colorado called Rocky mountain championship wrestling and their wrestling was not ECW. It was not WCW. It was pretty bad, <laughs> but it was close by. There's a school close by. Yo, no way. So I went, I drove around the building. There was no, there was internet, but it was still really early. Again, aged <laughs> like a fine wine. <laughs> and uh, I drove around the building probably for three or four weeks on certain days, different days, different times a day, trying to find what these guys look like. What's it like in there? I was just scared. I was scared to go in. And uh, one day the garage door was open and I drove around and I was like, holy shit, it's open. It was only open like halfway. So I had to park where they wouldn't see me coming, go up. And I looked under the door and there's a couple big guys in there, but they're small guys like my size that aren't in as good a shape as I thought I was in shape to me then was just skinny and had a six pack. 
but yeah. I I had one they didn't, so I win. Yeah. I was like, I can work circles around these guys. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I wear a shirt all the time. I'm in the army. All I can do is sit up. Can't lift weights because my arms are too scrawny. So I saw them and I was like, I could do this. I could do this. And I watched them and they weren't doing anything hard. It was like an easy day of practice. There were no drills. There was hardly any bumping. They were just doing moves and practicing and having a good time. Kind of like what we did last Sunday. That's all it was. I was like, yeah, I want to do this. I signed up and I, I think it was a week or two weeks later because I had to get shoes. They humbled me quick, real quick. They beat your ass? They beat me from pillar to post, man. Up one side, down the other. I learned how to take a chop on my first day. I learned how to keep my mouth shut. Um, the moves that I had done like in a backyard and stuff, I didn't know everything went left. I didn't know there's a certain technique to doing things. You don't you don't try to hurt the other person. So now when you say everything uh, went left, just for we got a lot of listeners that may not understand, you know, the so, psychology or what goes on in, in a wrestling match. Um, we don't have much time left, so we're gonna we're gonna try to like get through this last part. Um we'll, we'll try and just do ex- to be continued when I get back. Yeah, we're gonna so have to in in dancing somebody leads and somebody follows in wrestling. It's very much the same thing to lead. You need to know the next step and to, to guide somebody, you always work the left side of the body, whether you're whipping them off the ropes, you're grabbing the left arm. If you're suplexing, it's from the left side. If you're working their leg and trying to hurt their leg, you hurt the left leg. It helps with a lot of things. It helps with psychology because you know, that's the body part. That's what I'm working. You don't have to like go through this big move suplex off the top rope. And then you're like, Oh, grab an arm. That's not the same arm you were working earlier. Right. You know, so it, it helps with psychology. It helps to, to keep you focused and to keep you lined up. Um, if you're throwing a clothesline and maybe you're left-handed, you don't know what side the other guy's going to run on and it can get very sloppy. You're like you go to throw the right clothesline, but he's running on the left side of you. Like, well, where are you going? Like you just threw at nothing. He's on the other side of you. Um, it just makes things a lot easier. And I didn't know that. So I'm just grabbing whatever body part I could. And then yeah. they grab the right one and show you very quickly that I'm stupid. So I'm assuming that, you know, they kicked your ass. They did. Expecting you probably not to come back. Um, you know, like the uh like how Hulk Hogan was broken. They broke his leg the first day and right, didn't expect right. him to come back. You know. I, I thought that too, but it's not just me they're beating up. There are other trainees, and they were just as hard on them because, I you know, everybody says wrestling's for everyone. It is, but not in ring. Not everybody deserves or belongs to be in the ring. Yeah. So they do want to make sure you can handle it. You're not a prima donna or a little pris or a little bitch or a Karen or whatever they're called, what, snowflake, whatever the word is this year. They want to make sure you're not going to be one of those guys. You you need to be a partner. You need to be tough. You need to be someone they can trust and count on because you could hurt somebody very, very badly in the oh, ring. Yeah. Um, and, and they need to be able to believe in you and know that you can take a, an ass whooping and still be able to hold them up for a scoop slam. Because if you can't, I don't want to be in the ring with somebody who can't work with me. Right. I don't want you to hurt me. I've done that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> So now so they did. They beat me for a while. And then how how long were you training um 
with them before like you were like okay you know i, th I think um, i got this you know I, I think i can make something of this i thought after a couple months i thought i could do it um because we were just going over the same stuff every show it wasn't like i was learning new stuff i wasn't really learning chaining it was more bumps and moves and once you learn how to bump and you know how to do a move you start to experiment with each other like well what if we do i mean that's how moves are created yeah so i was at that stage where i was like all right well i'm not learning anything none of these guys can chain i mean they can chain but most of the guys i was friendly with were bigger dudes because i would take all the bumps i'm the guy that you want to bump yeah um because i sold my ass off i'm not i'm not slamming you you're slamming me um there were some guys that could chains incredibly well uh trajan sinray um tragic they, they were incredible way beyond me so i didn't hang out with them uh, <laughs> i don't want to learn that shit. i'll just I'll get away from you, you guys it's not i don't i have a real hard time not being the best or considered one of the best and these guys were light years ahead of me so it just didn't work for my ego i didn't want to go in there not knowing anything where they have to teach me literally everything like if you want do to play you, a one on not not to uh not to sound like a dick but do you think if you had put your ego aside because you know they do say you want to get better at something train with the best 100% do you, do you think that that would have had you know any positive impact on your career absolutely absolutely it would have toned down my ego because i would have been humbled um, I would have been more well-rounded and probably had a lot more confidence going in the ring. There was a lot of matches where I was like, man, this guy's really good. I don't know if I can hang with them. Um, you know, like Daniel Garcia, Daniel Bryan, I yeah. could not hang with them right now. Move for move. Yes. Chaining. Absolutely not. Not on my best day. Yeah. So I, I definitely think it would have helped me, given me more confidence, helped me advance. You want to um, but I didn't, I was young and stupid and I don't like being told what to do. So la last question for, uh, for this week. Now, how long, how long did it take until you had that first match? I think it was honestly three matches, three months before I was thrown in three months of full-time training twice a week. My first before couple you, months of training was once a week before you had the match yeah, with TNT. I would say totally total time was probably six months. I'd have to go look and see when I started, but I know my first match was in October of 2001, two. Wow. It was a matter of months, but I, I, I know how to get my ass kicked and that's as my, as the green guy, that's all I had to do. Well, like we mentioned before, Chris is getting ready to head to Mexico very early in the morning. So this was just a short episode. We wanted to get something out to you guys. Um, I tell you what, I haven't asked Chris this yet, but I think we'll wrap this this up on the next episode. And what we'll do is we'll do a little watch along and we'll watch Chris's debut match. Oh God. And Chris and I, you know, and hopefully we'll get Ryan back on by then. And we'll just give some commentary and kind of, you know, see what was he was going through mentally um, as someone who had never wrestled before. Yeah, um, man. So I think that'd be cool to do a little watch along. As always, make sure you go to envymepodcast.com. That's where you find all things Envy Me, a Dynasty podcast. We do have merch on there. You go to shop and get a T-shirt. Help us out. Help us keep this yes, thing going. Definitely get we need people wearing Envy shirts out there. Also, as we have mentioned before, 
we are looking to get reviews. So whether it's on the on the um, website or you go to Apple Podcast, leave us a five star review. Once we hit twenty reviews as a whole, we are going to be giving away one of those T shirts to one of the reviews. So definitely, um, you know, go to envymepodcast.com and leave us a review. That is all we got for you this week. I hope Chris has a wonderful time in Mexico. It looks like he cut out on me, but we're wrapping it up anyways. We'll see you guys next week when we do a watch along at Chris's debut match. So that's it right here on Envy Me, a Dynasty podcast. Baby, come with me.